Hi, I'm Charlotte and I'm joined by my friend Lauren. Hello. And this is Demythifying, the podcast where two best friends talk mythology, go off on tangents and hope to bring a little bit more forgotten magic to the world. So we actually ended up recording some of these out of order. And after recording the Halloween episode, I actually Googled how fast goats can run. And <laughs> but this is goats on all four feet, whereas Pan, being half human, half goat, would have been on two feet. So I think slower than natural goat. And apparently it's 10 miles an hour. So it's not actually that fast. It's faster than both of us, though. <laughs> but I'm not pretending to outrun a big, scary snake monster. So, <laughs> you know, it, it would catch me and eat me. Like, no question. In this episode, we will talk about gods we haven't really mentioned too much since the introductory episode. And first, I want to start with Athena. Athena, or her Roman name being Minerva, was the daughter of Zeus and Metis and was said to have been born fully formed from the head of Zeus. Yes, really. Imagine being Zeus and, or I have a splitting headache, and Hephaestus suggesting, well, if you let me brandish a sword at your head, we can sort that out. But that's good, though. That makes me feel good because women have to go through the pain of childbirth. So if you think of all the women that have ever had babies ever, for one man to have a baby out of his head does not seem that extreme. But imagine, imagine thinking that's what could have been. No, if, I don't. I don't want to imagine. But what if you just had a headache and Hephaestus is brandishing a sword and just, I'm a wuss. I'd be like, can I just have the tablets, please? I, I would not <laughs> trust him with that sword. No way. No way, no how. There's a statue I found on a website with no credit of Athena rising up triumphantly out of Zeus's head. She's in full armour, including a sword and a shield, and that would indeed give you a headache. That statue is absolutely stunning. That's, that might This might be my favourite thing, actually, that you found so far. There's a lot of artwork of her emerging fully formed from his head, but I did. I found this and I thought it was very, very pretty. Mm, that's my favourite thing, I think. Athena is said to have been the favourite of Zeus, although there is much discussion and not a lot of fact backing up the reason why. My favourite reason is that not being male and therefore not being Zeus's son, she can't fulfil the prophecy to overthrow him. I think that is a, a very strong reason as to probably why. I'm just gutted I didn't think of that myself. I did find that on a discussion forum and I thought it was very, very interesting. And I think, yeah, it probably is the reason people wrote that Athena was... Zeus's favourite. I would 100% say that's the reason. Athena is smart and wise and many love her and she plays an important part of the development of civilization. Her image was used in coins, armour, weapons, just to name a few things. In Homer's Iliad, Athena aspires and fights alongside the Greek heroes as the goddess of warfare. Goddess of strategic warfare, to be precise. She's a female in history that is the symbol of how important women have been. There have been many stories involving Athena, mainly her helping out various heroes. But today, the story I want to talk about is how Athena became the patron goddess of Athens. Her uncle was Poseidon. He was Zeus's brother and god of the seas and horses. Poseidon and Athena entered into a quarrel over who should be the god of this city, known to be the most prosperous of all Greek cities. To end the quarrel, it was decided that there would be a contest. The two gods would offer up a gift to the city and the king, 
Cecrops? Cecrops? How would K- you pronounce that? Cecrops. Cecrops would okay. have the deciding vote on which god gave the best gift. I can imagine Zeus wading in board of the quarrel and suggesting, like a board parent, come now, offer the city gifts, and the king shall decide who the victor will be. Whoever decided this contest, both gods agreed to it. Poseidon brought up his trident and smacked it into the ground. From there, where it made contact with the earth, a salt water spring emerged. Poseidon was pretty pleased with himself as this gift gave the Athenians access to water and the ability to trade with other cities and towns. Athena's gift was an olive tree. This gift would give the Athenians food, oil and wood, which can be used in a multitude of ways. The king declared that Athena's gift was better, as Poseidon's gift gave them water, yes, but being salt water, it was undrinkable. And Athena's gift had many more uses. Athena was crowned patron god of the city, which in turn took her name. The olive tree became the symbol for the city and economic prosperity. Poseidon was not happy with this result and sent a flood to punish the Athenians, probably more salty that he lost to a woman. Do you think that Poseidon was even saltier than the water was about that? (laughs) Probably. To honour Athena, the Athenians built a large acropolis in the centre of the city with a central temple dedicated to their goddess called the Parthenon, of which you can still visit the ruins of today. Which I did when I went to Athens. I did too. I think it's a must-see. Yeah, we had to. We got up really, really early to try and avoid the crowds, and it was worth it. And it was, yeah, it was incredible. I didn't get up that early. I just still went to see it. Um, I didn't mind the crowds too much. No, got a coach tour up there. Ares is the son of Zeus and Hera, and according to Homer, neither of them were especially keen on him. In Greek myths, heroes seem to either rejoice in the delight of Ares' battle or having escaped the fury of the ruthless god. But I don't really think that Homer liked him either. He paints a really contradictory picture of Ares. On the one hand, he's very impulsive, bloodthirsty, and murderous. But on the other hand, when he's injured, he's cowardly and he runs away. And you'll see this when we talk about the Iliad, but I sort of mention it a little bit later as well. He was one of the gods on the side of the Trojans in the Trojan War, possibly because they liked him, and possibly because Aphrodite was very invested in Paris and Helen's love story, and he wanted to keep her happy. He has attendance on the battlefield. Eris, who was, re- who was the daughter of Zeus and Hera, and she was the Eris who was responsible for the Apple of Discord that helped start the Trojan War, because there are two Erises. Her son Strife, Terror, Trembling, and Panic, which are all individual people, and they do not sound like my kind of people. Why was Eris not one of the Olympians? If she's the son of, if she's the daughter, sorry, of Zeus and Hera, why is she not considered, why are there only 12 Olympians? I, mm, I think that probably because she didn't seem like the sort of person you would want to have around i mean what right, no one wants war but war's kind of unavoidable whereas eris i think it means something like discord hence the apple of discord mm. so i guess she wasn't someone they wanted around because the instance where she gave she threw the apple of discord to stir up stuff basically was her being petty that she 
wasn't invited to a wedding with like everyone else. So I just don't think she was the kind of person that you would want to have around. I this is what I think. Well, I found by my very very quick googling skills that she could have been the daughter of Nix and Erebus. There's no she has two sets of parents potentially. Okay, so maybe that's why then. Maybe that's why because she, she wasn't necessarily Zeus and Hera's child. But I don't know, I'd need to look into that further because that seems a bit strange to me. Let's look into that further for the future because mm-hmm. that that's something that's something interesting, I think. Uh, so according to myth, the first Amazon, Atrera, Atrera, was the child of Ares and the nymph Harmonia. And okay, so quick side note, that Harmonia is not the same Harmonia that married Cadmus. The Harmonia that married Cadmus is the daughter of Ares and Aphrodite. His Roman equivalent is Mars and the planet that gets its name from him. Mars has two moons, Phobos, which means panic slash fear, and Deimos, which means terror slash dread. And they are named after twin sons of Ares and Aphrodite. In Greek mythology, Ares often comes off badly, as you'll come to see. In Roman mythology, he's respected a lot more. Warriors in the Aeneid, which is the epic poem by Virgil, for people who don't know, they rejoice about falling on Mars's field and they find it sweet to die in battle. He was the most prominent of the military gods and he was the father of Romulus and Remus. There are two main traditions of Rome's founding. The Trojan immigrant Aeneas, who was the child of Aphrodite slash Venus, and founded Rome several generations before the wars were laid out by Romulus. So between Ares and Aphrodite, they reunite the two traditions with Aphrodite slash Venus's child Aeneas and Ares's slash Mars's child or children, Romulus and Remus. Ares also has a dalliance with Philonomi. She was a daughter of Nyctimus and Arcadia. We learned who Nyctimus was back in episode four. And she was also one of Artemis's girls and Ares seduced her in the guise of a shepherd. Now, is there something about shepherds being sexy that I've totally missed? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Clearly. I'm, I'm only kidding. <laughs> well, clearly, because um, Zeus role played as a sexy shepherd as well to seduce um, Menemosyne. I've so. got another, another shepherd story, sort of, in the next episode. Is it a sexy shepherd? I haven't quite got to that point yet. I'll... Uh... I'll uh, keep that mysterious and let you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm all about a bit of a bit of mysteriousness. So for fear of her father's reaction, she ended up throwing the twin baby she had in a river. And somehow, because well, I'm assuming because it was a godly parent that they had, they fell to shelter in the trunk of a tree and they were suckled by a she-wolf. Eventually, they ended up on the throne of Arcadia. Their granddad was an Arcadian prince, remember? And there's a parallel here to Romulus and Remus. Although disliked by gods and Greeks alike, he seems to be one of the most respectful gods of women. So for me, at least, he gets major props for this. The sanctity of marriage meant a bit less to him, as you can gather by his relationship with Aphrodite. But he never seduced a woman against her will, as far as I know. I haven't found a story yet where they haven't been consenting. No. I mean, again, it's something we can bear in mind for future stories. But I mean, I can't find many Aries-centric stories I think that's for the reason that people didn't really like him. But there were two quite short ones that I wanted to share. 
and they paint quite different pictures of Ares, I think. So Ares developed a taste for war very young, and because of his love for stirring up battles, he ruined the crops of two giant brothers called the Aloade. Aloade? Aloade, probably. (laughs) Aloade? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> got a book and it's got a little bit at the back where it talks about some ancient Greek pronunciation. So I need to have a look at that because we, I'm sure we butcher some of these names. But the giant brothers capture him and they plan to keep him locked in a bronze jar for a year. The stepmother of the two giants told Hermes what happened to Ares. So while Ares is still in the jar, the two brothers are now threatening to storm Mount Olympus if they weren't given the hands of Artemis and Hera in marriage. Artemis is a surprising choice. I think Hera's a surprising choice. Artemis is all virginal and maiden-like. That's true. Hera's a surprising choice. And Hera sounds terrifying to be married to. I mean, she kind of had to be to be a match for Zeus. True. Yeah, I was surprised by them as choices for, for marriage. Well, the heart wants what it wants. It does. And... They didn't end up getting the hands of Artemis and Hera in marriage. And the gods did end up freeing Ares and they freed him quickly. But I'm pretty sure that it's more about the threat of them storming Mount Olympus if they weren't given the hands of Artemis and Hera, which, I mean, that was never going to happen. So it's more about that threat than actually about rescuing Ares. Hera sent the malnourished infant Ares to live with Priapus. He's a lesser known deity who was banished to Earth actually because Hera cursed him in the womb but I won't go into that now or possibly ever because it's totally irrelevant but anyway Priapus agreed to look after him and the story is definitely a humiliation for Ares I told you he often comes off badly oh Charlotte here's something to make you like Ares so apparently Priapus refused to teach Ares about warfare until he'd first been schooled in the ways of dancing yes I knew that I knew you'd like that Love a man who can dance. I know you do. What about a sexy shepherd that can dance? Oh, yeah, sign me up. Okay, if I ever bump into one of those, I'll I'll give him your number. So Ares eventually (laughs) grew up and he fought in battles and he earned his place back on Olympus. Although I'm pretty sure he was always considered one of the Olympians. Now on to the second story. And I really love this story. And it might be one of the best God stories that I've ever heard. Ares had a daughter called Alcipe, and I have actually found a painting of her to put on the Insta. And a son of Poseidon called, oh my God, Halirahothius. Halirahothius saw her and he wanted her because she was a beautiful maiden, because obviously she was. And she wasn't interested in him. And he decided to rape her, or at least he attempted to. This is a really nice painting. It is, isn't it? It's very, very nice. She seems very not interested in anything, but I love her, you know, her auburnish hair. And yeah, I think she's dressed quite modestly as well, as if to sort of emphasize the fact that she's just not interested. Yeah, potentially. The colors are gorgeous too the red wine color of her dress. Yeah. Kind of I'm glad you like the painting. Yeah, I did. You did well. Thank you. And I will put it up on, obviously it's going to go on the Insta so everyone else can can see it and enjoy it too. Now, Ares saw what was happening and he just saw red. He defended his daughter and killed Halirotheus. I refuse to say that name anymore. Poseidon didn't 
take especially kindly to the killing of his son, and he demanded a trial. And this may be the first recorded murder trial in history. It's really unusual for Ares' defence of his daughter in such an aggressive way, especially when it was pretty common for gods to take advantage of women or force women into sexual relations. But as we've established, we don't think Ares was actually like that. The trial took place on a hill in Mount Olympus that is now called Areopagus, which means Ares' hill. Thankfully and justly, the other gods and goddesses found him not guilty. He did have to host a sporting event in honour of Poseidon's dead son, which it kind of annoys me that he actually had to. And the event later became associated with Ares, with Ares as well, which is better because fuck Poseidon's dead son. I found it really interesting that Athena would traditionally be the receiver of sacrifice pre-battle and Ares would be the receiver post-battle. I've also read that one of the reasons people feared and hated Ares was because he tended to ignore the well-being of his followers. I don't even think it was on purpose. He just got caught up in the destruction and that became his focus over his loyalties. And apparently he sometimes even fought for the other side to prolong the battle. And let's be honest here. Athena would never. I think the warlike Spartans are the only exception and they did worship Ares and apparently sometimes sacrifice human prisoners to him. I've read that Athena and Ares are almost a yin and yang opposites of war. We see this symbolism throughout Greek mythology. For example, with Apollo and Artemis, they're two opposites. Athena is considered the art of warfare, the strategy, the kind of coming into it planned which is probably why she has sacrifices pre-battle and yet Ares is more violent he's more bloodthirsty it comes across as if he likes violence for violence sake and maybe he sacrificed to afterwards because it's almost like a thank goodness that's over we didn't lose everybody I mean 100% he likes violence for violence sake and that, that's obviously why he was fighting for both sides and just getting caught up in the general frenzy of battle. Yes, and Athena was more considered. She was a, strate- a strategist, was a supporter of those who were moved to do heroic deeds. So people sacrificed to her pre-battle because they wanted her to bless them with strategies. Yes, I, I believe so. Aria mm. is the god of warriors. Athena was the goddess of soldiers. Warriors are considered more brute. They're considered you know, violent, whereas soldiers are considered fighting for a cause. I think Athena comes across reasonably well in the stories as well. I mean, she has moments of anger and being a bit unreasonable, but she's intelligent and she comes across as a really good strategist. Whereas some of the stories of Ares look, leave him looking kind of humiliated, like the one I mentioned of him in the jar. I do find it interesting that researching this we could find so many stories about Athena I mean we could have had a whole episode just on Athena alone and Ares yeah there there really aren't that many stories not comparatively there are not that many stories he was really hard to find stories for because I went into this episode knowing so many stories about Athena and I had to actively look Four stories about Aries. So I actually, when when I said, "Oh, do you want to research Athena?" It's because I know you've been really busy at work. I thought well, I've got a bit more free time, so <laughs> yeah. let me let me take Aries. And he was not the easiest 
stories were slim picking so I had to kind of it's like well I have a story this will be the story I tell whereas with Athena I feel like there's so much choice yeah we'll we'll come back to Athena very soon Athena and Ares have a Trojan War showdown too where Ares and Aphrodite which Aphrodite on the battlefield just makes no sense but they were both bested by Athena and there's definite humiliation there because Ares doesn't strike me as someone who would deal well with being bested at war by a woman well no I've got a question but I was just thinking you say Aphrodite right why would she be on the battlefield but a lot of these stories are you know based on you know take the Trojan War for example yes there's a lot of pride there but it was started because of a love and of a woman so maybe it makes sense that Aphrodite would be there actually she only went onto the battlefield I think to kind of help Ares when he got injured and then she was sort of injured as well and then they sort of slunk off (laughs) that's as that's as far as I know because I've not read the Iliad for a while I'm kind of saving it I do have a question thinking about these stories and and about the the different sides of Athena and Ares. When looking for a potential lover, do you prefer bronze or brain? Mm. I think that I am someone who can stand up for themselves. I'm I have a lot of attitude, and <laughs> you're you're an Essex girl. <laughs> I'm not though. I'm not actually. <laughs> no, you're not. Sorry, you're no. you're a Essex adjacent girl. There we go, Essex adjacent. So I feel like I'm someone who can look after myself. So I think I would go for brains. I, I think I would, I would go for definitely brains. Go I would for rather brains. have someone who would, have, who would be a good conversationalist. I would so, definitely go for brains. I'd definitely, you know, we used to be emo kids. I want the mopey, sensitive. <laughs> I want someone I Their can... Go way <laughs> types. I want someone I can pub quiz with and I'm, him not showing me up. Quiz. Me and Dom, we won the pub quiz. <laughs> See, brains. See, brains. Perfect. That, that's, <laughs> that's what I need. Someone who can have a bit of good conversation. You know, they can be a good addition to your pub quiz team. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> Plus, as you get older, brains are sexy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah, clearly got... I agree. I didn't I didn't find a boyfriend that goes beating up people every Saturday night. No. I think Doesn't I've got have a drink and turn into the Hulk. No, I've got enough bronze and sass in my relationship. So let alone having someone else with that. So <laughs> so two nil for brains then. Two nil for brains. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Follow us on Instagram at demythifying the podcast for more Olympus based content. And if you're liking what we're doing, please rate us and subscribe. See you again next time where we talk in depth about Athena with two special guests, as I don't feel we've gotten our fill of her yet. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. She's been Charlotte. I've Bye. been Lauren. And together we've been demythifying.